We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, all right, all right. It is Irish Breakdown After Dark. It is our Upon Further Review podcast. Welcome, everyone, in Irish Breakdown Nation. I am Vince Tedario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is the publisher, the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Driscoll. He is ready to talk about Notre Dame football because we both broke down the film. We both rewatched uh, what frankly, was Notre Dame's most complete game start to finish that they've had all season. Oh, gosh. And, I mean, and it's not close. <laughs> it's not. Uh, well, and it's funny because the week leading up to, on two different shows that I was on, uh, we talked about, has Notre Dame had that complete game yet? You know, what is the closest to the complete game that they've had? And, and it was tough to kind of come up with an answer. You know what I mean? Right. Tough no longer. No. <laughs> it's tough it's no a, longer. Yeah, I mean, if you want to throw in the last two seasons, I think you could have the same thing. And look, yeah. there's always going to be that, well, Georgia Tech sucked thing, right? Well, okay, but so did Virginia, and so did Navy, right. and so did USC, and so did Toledo. And you know what I mean? Like, that we could go down this list, and Notre Dame's never done to a team what they did on Saturday. And it was it's more so about there's been times, and this offense has been really good. There's been times, and this a, a lot of times, this defense has been really good. Yeah. And – what we haven't seen is that both teams playing for 60 minutes and, and especially offensively we've seen the deep, I mean, look, the defense flat dominated Purdue and Wisconsin, right? I mean, we've seen this defense do this before they oh, yeah. did it to Virginia last week. They did it to Navy. I mean, they did it to USC for three quarters, you know, sure. I mean, what we haven't seen is both sides doing it for 60 minutes in the same game. Well, and I will also say that I think this is the first time that the defense did it for four quarters. Like it was, it was dominance throughout. Well, I, 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 but so you don't think they dominated Virginia last week for four quarters or Navy? More so, the, more so this game than they did before. More so, sure. But I mean, for me, it's like you gave up three points to Virginia. You, you shut them down for four quarters. You did the same thing to Navy. You know, I think this was the most emphatic. Yes. But I also think the part of that too, Vince, is the the offense doing their job early allowed the defense to really go on the attack against Georgia. Tech. That's a, it allowed and, Marcus Freeman and his defense yes. to stay locked in to do our, our game plan because now we've got a 10, nothing lead, which the defense gave them, you know, and then, but it's 17. And then by the end of the first quarter it's 24, nothing right now, Marcus Freeman's like, okay, let's, let's really go on the attack. And, and, and that's what we talked about, right? We difference. talked about yeah. the offense having to do their part so that the defense could pin their ears back and go to town. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's that's what occurred. And it was right. It was it was fantastic to watch. It really was. It was it was fun to watch. And, and it was one of those things where when I when I popped it back in, I tried to look at it with the lens of Georgia Tech really stinks and tried to look at it from a, almost like I was trying to downplay it. Like I wanted to go in with a different mindset because last night I was so fired up and I was man, this is a great performance. And I wanted to kind of go into it with sort of a, 
let me be overly critical because that's what I always did as a coach. Sure. Like when we had those great games against a team that we knew going in wasn't very good, you know, you, you kind of, you feel good at the time and you're excited at the time, but as a coach, you go back in and you almost want to have an ultra critical look to make sure that there aren't things that you're like, boy, if we do that against a good team, that's not going to work out as well. And, and it really comes down to, I think it was, was it James last night? I think a guy named James that, that asked that question about, you know, look, how much of this was Georgia Tech stinking and and how can you tell, right? Well, that's what you do when you go down and break the film down again as a coach is, but again, Vince, on the there's some little things here and there that we're going to get into. There are some things that I observed positively and negatively from the game, but I still felt as good about this game coming yeah. out after the rewatch, after yeah. breaking it down as I did last night. It was a it was a well coached, well prepared, well executed physical performance. Right. And you know, I watched Jeff Collins post game interview today. It's like he took it's like he was getting physically beat up. That, I mean, his whole second half, his whole press conference after, and he's a pretty energetic guy, and he was sure. like, well, you know, we just uh, we we got beat physically and we got out coached. I mean, he just looked like he wanted to cry. And and that to do that to a coach, you got to really just like, that's a been helpless, there. helpless been feeling. There. Been there. Yeah, that, that's a helpless feeling where it's like. At one point or another. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, again, and sometimes it's the best teams you've been on. I've brought up, yeah. you know, how I felt after the Mountain Union game. It was just like. There's nothing we could have done. There's nothing we could have done different. There's nothing right. we could have, there's no coaching we could have done. There's nothing our kids there's no play our kids call, couldn't have played no, harder. Yeah. They couldn't have executed our game plan better. It's just that team just destroyed us in every way possible. And you know, like I was when I was at Duquesne, we got blown out by Penn one time. And it was just like it was just a, just a sick feeling because you're like, they are not better than us like that. Right. Yeah. Like we just but then there's that time where it's just like it wouldn't have mattered what we did. You know, yeah. and, and that's that's yeah. how that's how Jeff Collins felt like, like, you know, we just, you know, he it's like we just got absolutely physically, emotionally, mentally, schematically, thoroughly dismantled in every way possible. And um, that's a that that's a good place to be if you're a, if you're the other team that did that to him. And that's what we saw last night was just a. Uh, as I, I tried hard, Vince, to try to find things to be critical of, because that's what this show is about, right? I mean, this is what the Upon Further Review the is about. Point. It's about the whole point. really diving into the film and giving people sort of a coach's view, because as I've said, coaches are almost always are going to watch the film and have a difference of opinion on something coming out as they had going in. And there is some of that. We are going to talk about that. But that was, Vince, a thoroughly, thoroughly dominant and, and fun football game to watch, because I enjoy yeah. – <clears throat> A team that's well prepared. I like. I sure. enjoy a team that's well coached, and I enjoy a team that executes. And that's been part of my frustration with Notre Dame a lot this season has been, well, they just weren't prepared to play to their potential. There is no doubt. Whatever Brian Kelly and and Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese and Mike Elston and Lance Taylor and who everybody else on that staff, whatever they did last week, they need to try to like bottle that or like you know write that recipe down. And try to figure out a way to replicate it because right. this is the team we have been waiting, Vince, all season for. People want to know why I thought this team could be 12-0 and or why you thought this could be a playoff team. It's because I thought performances like this were possible on a more consistent basis. And I thought they were possible long ago. Having said that, the thing that I said to myself is I would rather peak too late than too sure. early. Yeah. I get and that. That's the thing about this Notre Dame team is now not peaking early could hurt them because they may not get in the playoff. But if they do, this is about as good of a November Notre Dame football team as as we've seen. And sure. yes, they've played bad teams, but but it's bigger they played than that. bad teams in it's 2019. And I and I remember coming out of some of those 2019 games saying. They just beat a bad team. That, like BC. I, you remember the BC game in 2019? They won 40 to 7. And, and you and I talked after the game, and I was like, yeah. they just, BC sucks. I mean, they just, yeah. they just out. I mean, it was 16 to 7, and AJ Dillon's running down the middle of the field uncovered. Fortunately, Adi Ogandiji gets a sack, and, and they can't find him, right? They're, you know, you could look at the Stanford game and be like, they just outclassed Stanford. Stanford just doesn't belong on the field there. It just, you know, there's some thing it did some good things, and, and and I remember thinking about Iowa State, same thing. It was like that team just really sucks. That's not even like a really fun game to enjoy because you're not really coached well, you're not really playing at an elite level, you're just beating up on really bad teams. I felt that way about Duke 
in 2019. Uh, I felt, like I said, I felt that way about Boston College. I felt that way about New Mexico that year. I felt that way about Boston College. I felt that way, you know, about a lot of those games down the stretch in 2019 when they played really bad teams. This is different. This is what they've done the last couple weeks is different to me because you're starting to see certain parts of this team peak. And we saw stretches, and I'm going to have some articles about that this week. You know, we've seen stretches of it, like the offense in the second, third, and fourth quarter against Navy. It's like, oh, okay, that's what this offense is capable of in the past game and some other things. But you're like, yeah, but Navy sucks. Then you come out the first half against Virginia, you're like, boy, this is, this is, and then they, they called off the dogs in the second half. And you're like, okay, can they get that? But, but this game, they started that way, Vince. And they finished that way. Even with backups in the game, which right. is what we were right. asking. I mean, they were still physically yeah. beating Georgia yeah. Tech up when they put their backups in the game. And we'll get into that a little bit too. But uh, well, the, the, before we, since we're ca- kind of talking big picture right now, I want to put Nolan Sanchez has a really good mm-hmm. comment. And I, I think it applies to what we're talking about. He says, awesome that we beat Tech 55 to zero. Really interested how badly Georgia beats tech more mm-hmm. to see if they have trouble with them it's mm-hmm. good that georgia plays them the week after we did and yes. not notre dame beats them week three that you and i talked about that mm-hmm. i don't know if it was in the show or if it was off the air or whatever. it was in the show we talked about that in the during show? one of our shows this week. okay yeah, yeah that it, it is important it's a data point mm-hmm. it, you know right. is it the it's be not all, an end all be all right no, it's not, it's not going to rank notre dame ahead of georgia <laughs> no right no <laughs> no no even if georgia loses in the sec championship right. notre dame i highly doubt would ranked ahead of georgia okay um, but as we talked about shows... last night, it just would depend on what the score yeah. was, but it, it's not the well, point fa- of, of what we're discussing here. Yeah. Yes. But it's a data point. And I, and I think that, uh, I, I do think it is beneficial that tech goes and plays Georgia at home, mm-hmm. right? They play them at home. I don't know that that'll matter a whole lot, but they do play them at home and, uh, we'll see what happens. It's right. been something I'm going to keep my eye on at the very least, yeah. you know, absolutely rivalry weekend. Absolutely. And John A1, we will get to your super chat. We're going to hold off on that because it's going to we're going to address that particular topic. And I don't want to bring it up and then go back to it later. So I just want to let you know, we, we I see it and it's part of our our it's one of our notes to discuss yes. during the show today. We have an outline. So so we will we will get we will get that going. So Vince, let's start. Well, let's start off talking about the offense. Let's yeah, let's look please. at what the offense did. And, and I think the first thing for me, my first takeaway was. I thought Jack Cohn played really well watching the game live. You know, I named him the player of the game, and and I thought he played really well. When I went back and watched the film, I graded him out higher than I than I thought he played even live. Just from the first series was was he took a sack right? He's he's got to know we can't block that guy, and he's got to throw that ball away. After that, however, he was as sharp with his decision making with his timing buying time when he needed to buy time out of the pocket, in the pocket, climbing the pocket, uh, getting the ball up quickly, being patient with his reads, being decisive when he needed to be, uh, using his eyes to look defenders off when he needed to. um, Or using his entire body when it comes to that screen pass to to Logan Diggs on that touchdown. I mean, Right. And so there were just a lot of things like that were just some of the little things. I I felt in the past, even my wife last week watching Virginia – so Angela watches when it's road game. She'll watch it with me if I'm not at the game. And she says, you know, he doesn't really carry his fakes out really well. Now, after I kind of like, you know, it's my wife. I'm so proud that she said that, you know, because he was right. She was right, you know, because that's something that, that you know, she's heard me talk to my quarterbacks and receivers and yell at the screen before. And and, and she was right. And so when when we when we look at this when you look at this uh this game that was something i thought his play fakes were much better they were a lot more definitive they were more like really ride that thing you know really hammer that thing up there yeah there was and one that, that was like he was in the mesh for a long yeah. time and pulled it to yeah. throw yeah excuse me so i just i just was really impressed overall with his performance and that was as conf- i mean he was that was a really confident-looking quarterback. And even his mm-hmm. deep balls, you know, the deep ball to, to Kevin Austin, yeah, it's a little underthrown, but he threw it with conviction. The ball he threw to Braden Lindsay that got broken up, that's about as good of a ball as you can throw. I mean, if Braden Lindsay's right hand's not getting held, it's right here. I mean, it's perfect right. placement. That, that was a safety coming over the top, and the safety hit Braden, but the safety couldn't get to the ball. I mean, if Braden could have got his right hand free, you know, that, that's about as good of a throw as you're going to get. So. I thought Jack Cohn's performance was even sharper and better watching it on the breakdown than I thought live Vince. What, what, what were your thoughts well, on, on I, Jack? Well, 
I was trying to, you know, really pump up Jack Cohn in the show last night um, because I thought he played really well. But then watching it back, I agree with you there. Let me give you an example on the play that I just referenced about the uh, the throwback to or the, the screenplay to Logan Diggs. I didn't realize there was a corner blitz that was coming from the side that the screen was supposed to be set up on. And Jack Cohn completely turns his body to pretend, you know, to fake to Kyron over, you know, because he was in that that jet motion, right? Or the speed motion. He turns around, takes a, a Tom Brady-ish like step. Not, you know, he's not going to be outrunning guys or anything. We know this, right? But he took a step to get out of the way. That's what Tom Brady is so good at. He takes that step, just uh, give him enough so that he can get the ball to Logan Diggs. Earlier in the season, that's a sack to me. That's a sack because he sees that guy coming. He freaks out and he turtles, right? He, he turtle shells it. He didn't do that. He takes the step to the side. He puts it right over, gets it to Logan Diggs, obviously, which ended up being a touchdown. Obviously, other good things happen on that play. But that's a microcosm of what I thought Jack Cohn did a really, really good job of. There were other times where there was just pressure in his face. It's a little sidestep, step in, throw it. I mean, and a lot of time a, that pressure was because they were bringing more than Notre Dame had to block. Correct. It's just that's I, that's those those are not all offensive line issues. I thought for the most part the line did well. That they had a little bit of a, a busted. I don't know what the heck happened in the, on that. They were backed up at their own goal line, and that was a really smart play because Jack knew he was getting close to the end zone, and if you get called for intentional grounding in the end zone, it's a it's safety. A safety. That's so right. He stops his feet real quick and just slams it down at Kyron Williams' feet, knowing it hit, that, and it hit him in the calf. I mean, right. it, it hit him, knowing so. that hey, if I <laughs> if I go back any further, that was really good field awareness. If I go back any further, I'm I'm in the end zone and it's going to be a safety. And there was nothing happening on that play because it wasn't a screen. Like yeah. it wasn't like he was waiting on Kyron to come free. It was a downfield pass that so there just was a jailbreak, you know, pressure that Notre Dame just just didn't pick up. It was one yeah. of the five or six just really bad plays from the line, which is, I mean, that's down because it used to be like, honestly, 15-20, just like awful plays from the line. There's probably about five or six. Two of them happened on the first series. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Seriously. That was another one. But that was just, a, to me, a really sharp, like, okay, I got to do something quick here. To your point about the whole turtle thing, he, he never kept his eyes. He saw the rush because, I mean – at that point in time, you have to see the rush. You can't be looking down field like, oh, gee. Right. right? I mean, hey, I right. know what we're running. We're running downfield routes. Nothing's coming open. Where do I go with this football? Because right. he also knew he couldn't just go down and take a sack either because, you know, now you're taking a sack at the one-yard line. And so to get that ball out was really good field awareness. So I thought he played really well. Another guy, Vince, that I thought played a lot better when I watched the film, to me, this is the best game Caden Madden has had all season. Notre Dame football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Irish tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need for all of your go-to Irish tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their Notre Dame tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. The Irish hit the road for the final time in the 2021 regular season as they face off against annual foe Stanford. Can the Cardinal pull off the upset? Find out in person with TickPick. Just visit TickPick.com slash Irish today to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. Again, that's TickPick.com slash Irish today to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, his pass blocking was solid. You know, he just he didn't get beat. He still has to do a better job on help. When he when there's no one for him to block, he's got to do a better job of finding work. You know, and go see, find. I actually thought he did better in that this he's game still than late. he has in the past. Yes, but like he's he, still late because there's it. times in the past where he wouldn't help at all. Right. Number one and number two, he would go help somebody that didn't need help. <laughs> and and, and yeah. I, thought, I thought today yeah. or last night, I thought he did a better job of that. I thought right. he, was actually he was still late too was much. Needed. But I think yes. he was late. I agree. I agree. But he got there. I thought run game wise, though, Kane was real gritty in the run game. He played with some edge. He played with some physicality. His issue in the run game is the same issue that the entire line has, which is something we'll get to. And that is they play with poor angles. They don't understand like upfield shoulders, you know, run side shoulder, whatever. We'll get to that. But I thought he was physical. I thought this was the best job he's done all season of moving his feet through contact. I thought that he played like this is what you and I hoped he would be, meaning he was never going to be an All-American. He was right. never going to be that guy. What we had hoped for was a guy that was going to be assignment correct mm-hmm. and physical. Mm-hmm. And and against, against Georgia Tech, he was assignment correct and he was physical. And you can live with that, right? I mean, you Absolutely. can live with that. And Absolutely. so that was good to see. I, I thought he played well. I, I, I thought Jer- I thought J- uh, Andrew Kristoffic had a, r- a rough game. They were really beating him inside a lot with really quick movements uh, that I don't think he handled really well. Uh, I didn't think Jarrett Patterson was really great in this game. He had a couple really good blocks, just like Andrew did. But the, the, the left side in the center weren't as strong in this game as they had been in the run game. Uh, I thought Kane was good. I thought Josh Lug had some really good moments in the in the run game, and then there was times he just looked a little lost. And I thought he struggled, obviously, in the pass game. Yeah, he really did. But overall, it was just it was a solid O line performance. But but Kane Madden for the first time all season graded out as my top lineman. Yeah, so yeah, that he was, was your top lineman. Nice. He was number one, yeah. huh? Yeah, wow, because that's impressive. Like Joe Alt was graded out as the highest assignment correct wise. Okay, but he just doesn't, doesn't move people because he's yeah. you know eighteen years 18 old. Eighteen years old, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, but uh, which is it's impressive that a freshman continues to be a so assignment correct. He had one. I I think him there was a miscommunication with him, Christophic, and Jarrett Patterson on that first sack that they allowed. I I don't know who's I don't know what the protection was, so I can't say definitely who it was because it was a sure. three on two, right? Or I mean, it was a three on three with a twist. And and a and a, a second level fire, so I don't know who it who it was. I don't know if it was Kristoff supposed to fan out, if if Patterson was supposed to fan out, or if or if Alt was supposed to pass off and then step out. I, I don't know whose fault it was. Right. Other than that, I, I couldn't find a whole lot of fault with Alt in uh, uh, in this game. Didn't do that on purpose. I see what you did there. Uh, but I felt Kane Madden was was every bit as assignment correct as Joe Alt, but he was actually able to move people. If you go watch Logan Diggs' touchdown run, he did a really nice job of taking that because, it's again, it's what we, he does well, but he took that inside guy, and in the past, he would hit that guy and just kind of stalemate hit him, and but he hit him and just kept driving him back and opened up about as easy as a, of a cutback lane as you can find at the five yard line. And, and mm-hmm. I don't care what bad power five team you're playing when you can walk into the end zone, that kind of way on just an inside zone from the five, that's a good run and play right yeah. there. Yeah. So that was good to see. And no, I agree. It's good to see in this game. I agree. And and he's going to need to continue to get better. I mean, yes, he graded out as the top guy, which is, which is great. Um, but he, now he needs to be that leader and take everybody with him. I guess is the best way to put it. He, 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 on the TV copy, they mentioned something along the lines of, you know, now we know each other and now we have better communication and things like that. It's like, okay, that's great and all, but you weren't even taking care of your business, let alone communicating with anybody else around you. So I'm glad that it, whatever has clicked, whatever light bulb has gone on, whatever it is, I just need to see more. 
And that'd be mm-hmm. great. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm not faulting his effort or anything. I think he did have a good game for mm-hmm. him. I do, um, which is which is great. But if you want to be a caliber, a, a playoff caliber team, mm-hmm. you guys got to keep getting better. Got to right. keep getting better. Yep. Yep. That's a key. Yeah. Third thing for me, I'm still concerned about the run game against a good defense. And the, the numbers have been great recently. And, you know, they, they, they've been able to take advantage of some things like, 68 yard run on a quarterback read that's not really about the line blocking and reverses and jet sweeps and things like that i think tommy reese has called really good games and i think the design is so much better now than it was before because they're now running out of formations that they pass out of which (laughs) was not the case early in the season and that may not sound like much but that's a very important thing so i was i was glad to see that and uh but the the lack of movement the whole hand it off to your back and just let them find a place to go. When you're playing a defense that has the athletes at linebacker that Georgia has, or even that Ohio state has, and even though their defense isn't that good or, or Oklahoma state or Cincinnati, those things aren't going to work as well because you, you just can't out talent good teams. And fortunately for Notre Dame during the stretch, that they've done a good job of being assignment correct and, 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 you know, the timing and things are better. And that's been a positive. The reality is that lack of movement, that whole, you know, Kelly, we're, we're a big duo team. We're just double teams. That's basically they're just run play, what, it, it, the run. The play is just get a body on a body and let Kyron and Logan yeah. do their thing. And that's fine when you're playing teams that are, have garbage run defenses. Right. And that's what Notre Dame has faced this year. And during this late, late year stretch, but that's not going to work against better teams. That still is a problem for me. That's sure. that's still a bit of a concern for me. And yeah, uh, yep, agreed. My other negative was the receivers still don't do a good job. Receivers and tight ends with their releases, they they just don't come off with the same sense of urgency that I want to see enough. It's been it's getting better, but it's not there yet. And their 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 spacing still isn't great on mesh stuff. You know, like it's good when it's like like the post and the drag and the slide that was spaced out perfectly, right? Like that stuff where you're coming from one side to the other, but when they're doing stuff where it's like two or three guys working on a concept together from the same side, the spacing, the timing. And what that is, it's like one guy's got to go and then another guy's got to either jab or delay. And you just, it's like a, it's like a symphony. It's like an orchestra, man. Like, okay, now you go, now you go, now you go. And they just kind of all just kind of go and then start slowing down as they get downfield. And it just doesn't look right. So that's something that's still got to improve, and that's something I noticed yesterday. And then the fifth thing is, Vince, I want to talk about, and I want to bring up, I want to bring up John's super chat now. There you go, so John A one. Thank you for the super chat, buddy. He says since the backups got some P- since the backups but got some PT. What do you think of the way the second and third team depth chart, mainly offensive line and receiver? So receiver, receiver there's no, there's, there's no, just Jaden Thomas, mean, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, and Matt Salerno, like those right, are the two guys. Right, it's I mean, Jaden Thomas, and, yeah, and I thought right. Jaden's blocks well, and he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be, he's gonna be, yeah. he's gonna be a good player yeah. in Notre Dame. The backup, the backup offensive line, Vince. It's a, ama- it's a, it was noticeable how much more athletic that second line is inside compared to the first line. When you look at, you had Rocco Spindler at left guard, right. Zeke Krell at center, and John Dirks at right guard. They are so much quicker off the ball than that other group. They have some of the same issues that the first team does in regards to not properly blocking. So that's kind of the issue that I have is there's way too much where you're running outside and the offensive line just never gets to the outside shoulder of the guy they're trying to block. I mean, that's just a nonstop thing, Vince. And you saw it again yesterday. Anytime they're running outside zone, it's like they're forced to cut back so quickly because they either turn or they just can't reach. And so we saw a lot of that. But the off the second team line was able to do a, actually a little bit better job with it because, now again, they were going up against some of Georgia Tech's backups. So this isn't like start the second team line. We're just observing how they performed. Yeah, they're they're, they're just more athletic. From it. Yeah, right. There's just more athletic. Now they're not as physical, but you know, I thought John Dirksen was really quick off the ball. I thought Rocco played well for the first time he's ever played college football. I thought he did a nice job. He's physical and he's athletic. Like there was a play where he was coming backside. He looks over to the right and he sees that the back still has the ball, and so he just turns his head, and just takes off for a DB. You know, just hey, I, go go hunt for work. You know, I, I like that. I like that. And There's Zeke too much Carell, standing around for yeah, some guys. At Zeke Carell looked like Zeke Carell from last year. Yes. I, he's so much he more just, comfortable. He's not a guard. Center. 
He he's so much yeah. more comfortable. It's and I look, I, I was I was leading the charge for Zeke Carell to get a shot at guard. Yeah. I was because I he's a good he was, football player. He's a good football player. He's a good kid. And I thought that, you know, his opportunity at center was kind of taken away by keeping Patterson there and, you know, give him an opportunity to start because he's proven that he can start. Well, mm-hmm. he didn't do a great job at guard. I'll be the first one to admit it. He's a center and he is so much more comfortable. It is so obvious how much more comfortable he is at center. Mm-hmm. So we had we had a question in the chat yesterday is, you know, are we worried about the future at center? No, I, I'm not, not worried I mean, about yeah. Zeke Carell at center. Because we've seen him in three games at center, and I think he's looked pretty good in all three games, yeah. including last night. Yeah, absolutely. His pad level is good. He was coming off the ball. He was playing with force. He was getting in the second level. Yeah. He just looked more comfortable there, which yep. is surprising because he was a guard in high school. Right. But And, and, and center's harder. Center's harder because, I mean, I know it sounds obvious, but you got to snap the ball, and it's harder to fire out with one hand than with two. You know, I mean, it just it it obviously it should make sense to people that it's harder to fire out when you're snapping the ball at the same time. But again, he's more comfortable there. So say la vie, you're going to be a center. That's great. So you're the starting center when Jarrett Patterson goes to the NFL in a few months. And that was nice to see. Uh, tackle wise, Quinn Carroll to me is big and physical. He's not super. I just he needs to be an inside guy. Him and Mark Mar- Mar- Michael Carmody both need to be inside guys, in my opinion. He's just not an edge guy. He just he just doesn't look like he's ever gotten that step back. Yeah, I don't think Carmody has the, the footwork to be a tackle or the mentality. I mean yeah. that combination or the mentality uh, to to be at that position. But I thought the inside guys I thought looked really good. I thought they played really well, and it was nice to see Zeke Carell get in there and look good again. And it was nice to see Rocco get some playing time. I can't believe it took them until game eleven to get Rocco Spindler snaps. But well, it's going to be interesting because now there's officially four games left. Uh, which I which I thought was an interesting time to get him some playing time. Oh, include going uh, into the if game. You, if you okay, I got the, you. If, gotcha. Yeah, if you gotcha. if you go to the playoff, you got four games left, right? Well, no, they have Stanford and then two playoff games. No, no, yesterday. You're talking about going into the game. Yeah, yes. so going into games. the game. Yes. So like he yes. got in as there were four games left to be played, right? So yes, I thought I don't know if that was accidental, if that you know, but I think that that's interesting now if he's going to get any playing time moving forward that that's mm-hmm. i guess the point that i was trying to yes make i got in you. a roundabout way <laughs> <laughs> makes sense makes sense yeah it'll be interesting it'll yeah. certainly be interesting yeah but that that was sort of my takeaway from the second team offense and then of course with tyler buckner it's just he's more comfortable right now running that package than he is the whole offense which we have been saying for a while and that'll right. come that's what the winner's for that's what spring right. practice is for that's what summer's for that's what next fall camp will be for Right now, he needs to focus on being the best quarterback he can be in that package. Because if 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 you're not, if you still don't think Jack Cohn's the best quarterback for this football team, I, I, I have nothing to tell you. There's nothing I, we I, can do. I, I'm sorry. Now we could question, you know, is Jack Cohn a guy who can win a championship? <laughs> I mean, those are debates we can have, right? Can sure. he beat, you know, can he do to Georgia what he did to Georgia Tech? Very fair question. We'll have to find that out, right? Uh, but but as far as who's the best quarterback for this football team, there's there's no question. It's it's Jack Cohn. Right, so that and shouldn't not, be a, a conversation anymore. It's not close. I mean, they, the, the 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 way that they've handled the quarterback situation from the second half on is exactly what is perfect for this team. Yeah, right. And and the whole if you have two quarterbacks, you've got none. Nah, that's mm-hmm. not really true when it comes to this Notre Dame team. So right, yeah. And that's that's. I mean, look, those things make sense, but but not every situation is the same, yeah, right? Exactly. And I, that's one of those expressions I hate. I'm like so. So when uh, Ohio State was trying to decide between Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow, they had no quarterbacks. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> when when Alabama had Mac Jones, Tua Tungvaloa, and Jalen Hurts on this on the same roster, they had no quarterbacks because they had a battle to figure out who number one was. Right. Uh, you know, I get it, but it just doesn't. It doesn't always apply. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Instead, three quarterbacks that were on that Alabama team are now they all started this weekend in the NFL. Yeah. It's not bad. Just, you know. I just wish Notre Dame could do that for one guy. It's <laughs> fair. Just fair. saying. Real quick to back up this point that I was making earlier before we move on to the rest of uh, – before we move on to the defense and then start talking some some college football playoff. So I, I wanted to kind of pin talk about the run game because so that people don't start taking it like, oh, you're just looking to, to crush them and all that kind of stuff. 
Second half of the season, Notre Dame has played the number 96, 98, 99, 101, and 122 rush defenses in the country. Navy was the exception. Navy is, is not ranked number 44. Notre Dame ran for 150 yards against Navy and 4.8 yards per carry. And against Carolina, it was 7.1. Against Virginia, 6.6. Against Georgia Tech, 6.4. They went for over 200 yards in each of those games. So it, it is. It has been aided by the fact that they have played bad teams. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm sorry. The numbers are what they are. These are crap teams on on rush defense, and Notre Dame has done what a good team is supposed to do. But it it, it does still give me pause to say, did they just magically get better as the second half of the season came around, or did the second half of the season welcome, yeah, some struggles? We're going to find that out here in the postseason, exactly. right? But. But that's that's my question. That's my concern still moving forward for this group. Right. We still have one more game of concern. I mean, right. you know, because, it, look, Stanford's not going to put up much of a fight. No, they're, they're awful. I mean, yeah. to, they're a really – it is it is almost kind of sad how how bad they are, to be yeah. honest with you. And and I'm going to pull up their ranking now, too. Uh, Stanford will be the worst rush defense Notre Dame has faced all year. They rank 127th. The only three teams behind them are – and just behind them are Akron, Kansas, and Arkansas State. Massachusetts and Florida International both have better rush defenses than Stanford does. So does UConn by 15 spots. UConn. Yeah. They're a team they're that really should be bad. relegated at this point. Yes. Yes. Okay. So is that a soccer term? It, it is. Okay. Yes. Here's what Stanford's rush defense has done in their last, well, really all season. 200 yards, one, first game, 200 yards allowed, 185, 247, 204, 228, 255, 100 to Washington State, who doesn't run the ball, 229, 441, 218, 350. Cal, Cal, who's now four and six yesterday, ran for 352 yards and averaged 10.4 yards a carry against Stanford. Who ran for the 400? That was Utah. Okay. Yeah, the week before against Arizona, well, actually it was two games before, but the game before they played Stanford, Cal ran for 28 yards on 24 <laughs> carries against Arizona. Against Arizona. Right. Uh yeah. they 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 uh they've had some good games. They ran well on Oregon State, ran well on Colorado, ran well on Sacramento State. Uh, went for 117 on Washington State, 155 on Oregon, 144 on Washington, 133 on TCU, 153 on Nevada, 28 against Arizona, and then against Stanford, 10.4. Their previous high that year, the, the season on in yards per attempt for Cal was 7.5 against Sacramento State. Stanford is awful, awful on defense. It is sad, actually, to see how far they've fallen. Like, I actually – don't like that they've fallen this hard. It's almost like, well, it's time to take them off the schedule. They're that bad. But uh, and they are after next year. They are off yeah. the schedule, as far yeah. as I know. And I hope that they like I hope that they would keep it that way. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So, uh, Vince, let's talk defense, please. It was actually, you know, and again, I, I said this last night that I enjoy watching an aggressive defense. And, and but yes, they were aggressive. But as I watched it back, I was able to, you know, notice some of the more intricate things that they were doing in the game plan that was being employed. And it made me appreciate the defense even more. And, and they just, they pinned their ears back and they came and they came with a reckless abandon, but it was under control. And there was a clear plan to what they were trying to do. Um, I, I was just, I was so impressed with Marcus Freeman's game plan uh, defensively. And now granted the offense propped them up and allowed them to be aggressive and do some of the things that they were doing. Um, but I would say the play of the defense also allowed the offense to do what they were doing and taking some chances and doing some things that they were doing. So it was a, it was uh, both teams playing off of each other, but I had so much more appreciation for, for the defense looking back and watching the game back than I did watching it live. I, it was a, it was pretty darn close to, and I nothing's perfect in football, but it was pretty darn close to a perfect defensive plan uh, against this Georgia Tech team. It was, and I thought that it was a lot of, we are way better than you, and so let's not overcomplicate this. Let's put our kids in position to be successful. Let's let our kids attack. Let's make sure that we do things that we believe schematically are going to give Georgia Tech problems and keep doing it till they stop it. And they never stopped it. Exactly. But there was also enough diversity to where it was even harder for them to get a read on what they were doing. So... I thought I agree with you, Vince. I thought it was the, the the game plan was was really, really, really good, and it was and yeah. it, it just as important because remember we talked about this again the North Carolina game. I said actually, I thought the game plan was pretty good against North Carolina. It wasn't executed for a darn, and that's on the coaches. It's your job to get kids to because I don't care how good your game plan is if your kids can't execute it. That's on you as a coach. I mean that that that's that's your job, right? what we've seen the last two games is great game plans and great execution. And, and so I, I really believe like the light has turned on for Notre Dame and yeah. And Marcus for Marcus Freeman and his players, he, he feels good. It's like, he knows now what they can do. They know what's expected of them in that defense. And I think I'll tell you where I was wrong. I think I was wrong in how long it would take to deprogram them out of Mark of Clark Lee's system. Yeah. Part of the reason why is I didn't think they were going to do that right away. I thought they would slowly kind of go away from that. He did that day one. It's like, mm-hmm. and that's not a shot on Clark Lee. It's just like, look, we we are just different philosophies. Like it's just completely different philosophy. That one worked great. I'm confident in saying that that Marcus Freeman has a great deal of respect for Clark Lee and the job he did. But it's like, but I got to do it my way. Right. That's why you hired me is to do it the way I want to do it. If you just wanted someone to run Marcus Freeman's or Clark Lee's defense, you would have, you know, done something different. Right. Exactly. So I look at it and I say, boy, that it's it's just gone on because, you know, the last time Notre Dame gave up nine points or fewer in three straight games was in 1983. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. 1983 is the last time they've given up that few points in three games. So it's it's been impressive. I mean, the last time Bama's done it, the last time Alabama did it, it took me a lot longer because I just couldn't call Lou. I was just gonna Uh, say, I was gonna say good research because I know, yeah, yeah, I had to actually do the research on it. Uh, I'm so lazy, but uh, (laughs) you you have an encyclopedia, you get complacent when you're working with Lou, yeah, you do. But the last time Bama's done it, as good as Bama's been on defense, the last time Bama's done it was 2016. So this isn't something like, oh, everybody does all the, all the time. It, yeah. You know, it, 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 and it's been impressive. It, it's been impressive. And they've done it against some decent offenses, but Navy's not. But Virginia's still a good – even without the quarterback, they, they're they better than three points Yeah, against most teams. But uh, that part of it to me was, was Im- Im- impressive. And then Absolutely. before we go too much into this, there are a couple super chats here I want to get to events. Let's do it. And I, I, I want to go – we go back to the offensive line for this one. PK four ND says, I believe our offensive line, especially the right side will be exposed for the false facade. It is. If we play Georgia, Ohio state, don't back down on your skepticism as to say to be the best, we must beat the best. I don't 
know why you would take what anything we have said today. First of all, thank you for the super chat. Absolutely. But I don't know how anything that I could we could say is to say we are backing down our skepticism. We are football coaches. We look at the film and we tell you this is what we see. The reason we were critical of the offensive line at the beginning of the year is because that's what we saw in film. The reason we're, we're being praising them in the areas where we are praising them now is because that's what the film shows. But as I said very clearly, one of my points, I have it written down here, is run game concerns. And what we said was, is I don't think it translates against a team like yeah. Georgia. I mean, right. literally made that point. So, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't call it a facade. I mean, what they're doing is what they're doing. And they're doing it against bad teams. That's why yeah. I went and looked up what the teams that they play rank. Look, this and is made not, that a point. This is not a championship level offensive line. No, and we're nor and, have we claimed nor, it is. Yeah, as nor we're have just we coming ever out here and saying, yeah, they ran for that, but they still suck. That, well, we're not going to bang guys continuously if it's not warranted. Right, Kane either. Madden played well Saturday. Yeah. I mean, do I think he's going to go play well against Georgia? It's irrelevant. That's not what the point of the show is. The point of the show is how did he do against Georgia Tech? And against Georgia Tech, he had his right. best game of the season. And, and, it, and it's also important to to remember and understand that, um, you know, that they have gotten better, okay? But they were starting very low, yeah, you feel, know, yeah. very low. They it would have been almost impossible not to be better. Exactly. They were digging themselves out of a hole. There's no question. And, and also the thing to remember is Tommy Reese is scheming his offense now yes. to protect the offensive line. It's not, yes. let's just line up in 12 and 13 personnel and run it down your throat. They're not doing that because they can't do that. Okay. Mm. And so he's doing things, you know, the, the jet sweeps and the, you know, things like that to get to the perimeter and all these different things, quick throws, RPOs, get the ball out of Jack Cohn's hand. A lot of that has to do with protecting the offensive line. So the, all those things go hand in hand with why things are getting better offensively for Notre Dame. Yes. The offensive line is playing better than they were. But Tommy Reese is doing a really good job of making sure that the offensive mm-hmm. line is not the thing dragging them down offensively. Mm-hmm. So all of those things combined. And then we also have it, uh, Corey D. We will get to this. Okay, I just I don't want you to you know kind of like with John A. One, we see that we're going to bring that up because we are going to talk about the playoff committee. Yes, we are com- committee uh, next. I Jim Evans with a super chat. Thank you for that, Jim. He says if Cone plays well against Stanford and in a bowl game, he will go down as best one year starters, <laughs> a la. John Hewitt and Kevin McDougal in Notre Dame history. Yeah, let's see who they play and see who they beat in the sure. bowl game, in, in sure. it, or if they beat them. But yeah, I mean he's you know, he's ten and one as a starter, right? I mean it's a pretty good win percentage. I'm just saying, it's you know, all the math it's pretty good. To so people, so yeah, that's right, that's right. So uh, anyway, he just wins, just wins. Baby. So back back to the defense, Vince. Yeah, let's start with the corner play. Please talk to me about how, how, what did you see from the corners? I had, I had some takeaways from the corners. I wanted to see, I didn't focus them on a ton yesterday. Right. The corners and the safeties, I kind of focused on the box more, watch the secondary later. What did you see? Cause you were there. You could yeah, see more I, of, I watched of more of the secondary the yesterday and focused right. more on the box today since I was present. I got a hooligan running around upstairs. Sorry about that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, from from a cornerback perspective, I thought you know my guy uh, Hart he he struggled a little bit early. Uh, they really zeroed in on him mm-hmm. on that that slant route. I don't know why he took that to the outside. I think he was afraid of it being a go route to the outside. Nothing about that route being run said that to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he took that false step to the outside and it opened up the the slant and and you know obviously a, a, the ball was caught. Um, so that wasn't good. But I thought he got better as time went on. Um, I, I didn't even really notice Clarence Lewis, which is a good thing. I mean, I don't think that they, until the third quarter, they tried to go at him in the third quarter unsuccessfully. Yeah. He blew up that screen. He had that guy in good coverage down the field. They, they tried to throw a comeback on him. He was a second late, uh, breaking on the route. But the quarterback then was a the second late throwing it, getting it he out. He was of able there. to break up on it. Right. But right. I thought, I thought that was the big takeaway for me is I thought Clarence, fundamentally Clarence, and schematically yeah. was as good as he's been all year. I, again, I thought Tariq Bracey played physical. I, I like the way Tariq played still having some issues. All three of them really getting off blocks. You and I talked about that before the show tonight. Um, that concerns me because there's going to be teams that are going to abuse the perimeter more so than Georgia tech was obviously able to do. Um, and teams that can do that and get the ball outside quickly. That is going to be an, a, an issue. 
Um, and so they need to do a better job of that. Yeah. I, I think for me, overall, I thought the secondary was solid. I don't think they were great. I just don't think they were challenged because of how good the front seven is. So I couldn't really get a great feel on just how well they played for the most part. I'll say one guy that I was happy to see play better was Houston Griffith. He was more active, came downhill, but yeah. he's still got to do a better job getting off nice blocks, tackles. and he's got to bring guys down in the backfield. But he was better. That was that was the key for me. Yeah. And I was surprised that they didn't play any of the freshman corners. That really surprised me in this That's game. That's starting to annoy me, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, you I were thought... getting like fifth-string quarterbacks on the field, but you <clears throat> like they played some special teams. Like, I don't know if they're trying to do a redshirt thing or something like that because I know Ryan Barnes has played some special teams in the past. That made no sense to me that they didn't get the backup cornerbacks in the game. Because yeah. look, yeah. corners are not five are rarely ever five year <laughs> players. Right. Rarely. And if they are five year players, they're not guys you're going to necessarily want to bring back as starters anyway. Rarely. So that was uh that was yeah, a little it, frustrating well, and to me. Yeah, it's concerning to me as well because I was really hoping that remo- that moving uh Ramon Henderson to safety would open up an opportunity for one of those freshmen, if not both, to get mm-hmm. on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't see that at all because Ramon Henderson was getting on the field earlier in right. the game as a corner, and we didn't see that at all. Um, and that that was disappointing to me. That, that's what that's the one of the few things that I've been disappointed about with the defense, uh, as far as subbing and you know things of that nature is not dipping into your younger group of uh, of corners. Yeah, that was. That was frustrating. Couple second level guys I paid a lot of attention to, Vince. I didn't understand, and this isn't not understanding from a, a questioning them standpoint. I just it wasn't something I thought of, was why they would put Jordan Patelho at Rover. And so I just kind of looked around. Um but we just got we just got some trolls in the uh the the uh <laughs> chat tonight. Got to put people on timeout. Got to block some. Clouds. I know. I've already blocked somebody earlier. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so I just didn't. Okay. Well, why are they doing this? Let me see. I, boy, I gotta tell you, Vince. I was impressed how comfortable he looks in space. Now he's got a lot to learn about playing oh, in yeah. space. Like you know, don't go underneath a perimeter blocker. Go over top of it. Like on that one twenty-two yard run, he's got to go over that and force that guy back inside to his help. Right. But other than that, he really covers a lot of ground to the point that not that he's a future rover, because I don't think that he is. But I wonder if they're going to have to make some decisions about whether or not he's going to be a Viper or he's going to be a linebacker Mm. moving forward. Or if if the Viper is going to turn into more of what Marcus Freeman ideally wants than what it is now with Isaiah Foskey, who's more of a traditional edge player, because his his range and how he moves in space he does not look like a defensive end that was my big takeaway the more i watched him yesterday the more i'm like wow i don't know if putting this guy just on the edge all the time is necessarily utilizing his entire skill set whereas like with isaiah foskey it's like if you take him off the edge i'm gonna you know what i mean but with with jordan it's a completely different skill set that's uh that's kind of one of the things that I, yeah. that I that I took away from. And he got a lot game. more playing time yesterday Tons. than he's gotten in the past too. Yeah, he played a lot. I was he played a lot at Rover last week as well. I mean, that just that just seems to be kind of okay. This is what they want to do, especially against teams that run perimeter stuff and run the ball. So it was it was it was interesting to see. And I thought Prince Collie again. We talked about it last night. I went back and watched it, confirmed it. He's so much more comfortable now than he was. The first time he stepped on the field, I mean, it's not a shock, but I mean, it's like significantly, significantly better than what he was the first time. Yeah. Now, again, absolutely. still a freshman, still got to learn to, you know, take on blocks, play He's with better bad level times. I mean, Man, he he comes downhill in a hurry. Because remember, he wasn't an yeah. early enrollee, right? He came in in, all, or you know, June or whatever. So getting him up to speed and they moved, excuse me, moved position. So he's a fire hose man mm-hmm. not overly surprised he wasn't amazing of that. but i i will say that he is starting to come around he's clearly looking more comfortable as he goes mm-hmm. 
I didn't hear anything you just said. It was like, so I, I don't, <laughs> if you want to try that again, uh, uh, you just said clearly looks better than he did. So if you want well, to, what I was going to say was uh, he was, people have to remember he wasn't an early enrollee. And so right. he came in into the summer and then into fall camp and they moved his position. So, t- right. you know, you want to talk about drinking out of a fire hose as a true freshman. I mean, he's had to learn two positions and so him getting on the field. Then they sent him back for position. seconds at the fire hose. They sent right. him back for seconds exactly. at the fire hose when they yes. moved him to the wheel. Exactly. Right. And so him being all at first, I get it, man. Like, you get a pass, mm-hmm. okay? You get a pass. You get a pass. Prince Collie gets a pass, and now he's clearly getting more comfortable. And so that is obviously beneficial to him. Yeah. Young defensive line. So... I got to say, I didn't pay any attention to them because once they kind of got in the game, it was for me, it was finish these articles, get these articles ready, start working on getting the show ready, those type of things. I had to go back and watch them. And I got to tell you, Vince, I was, I mean, I I don't know what Mike Elson is doing with the defensive line, but whatever it's doing, like everybody else on staff needs to be like taking notes. It's the cookies. It's gotta be, it's gotta be his wife and the kids with the cookies. I mean, it's gotta be like every kid's like, I want cookies and I don't get cookies because I didn't get sacks. They're sack, sack cookies, right? Sack of cookies. Yep. 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 And if you don't get sacks, you don't get cookies. That's right. Right. So they must be like great cookies and they all want a sack of cookies. It just doesn't matter who he puts in the game. I know. When I when. And I thought Riley Mills was really good yesterday. Howard Cross was was excellent yesterday. You look at the you know, Justin Adam Yola was really good. I mean, the starters were good. Obviously, Myron obviously, played a really yeah. good game. Isaiah was a, was a monster. Jason Adam Yola was really good. Heinish did his thing. You know, but then Jacob May Lacey goes in. He does a solid job. You know, you, you, Howard Cross goes in. He hits two sacks. You know, Riley Mills goes in. He's balling out. Alexander Ehrensberger is going to be a player. He's going he's going to be a he's going to be a key part of this defensive line rotation moving forward. Nana is really stout in the run game. And then, you know, we even saw like we even saw Will Schweitzer a little bit. He looked rusty, his timing, you know, because he missed a, a chunk of the season because he had the shoulder injury and right. and was it spring or fall? I want to say fall, but I don't Yeah, I, I can't yeah. remember exactly when that was. But you know, then we saw Aiden Kanahana and he looked good. I thought he was really impressive. And so when you He's go back 47 and watch, or 46 or 92. Something. He's 92. 92. Okay. I'm Schweitzer's sorry. 48. Okay. That was Schweitzer, who you're thinking of, 48. I was really impressed, really impressed with how he looked. And he's that big 300-plus pounder. We didn't see Gabriel Rubio, so I don't know if he's hurt or not, but we didn't yeah. see him at all. But I I really liked what I saw from just everyone that they kept throwing on the defensive line. They they play with great pad level. They all use their hands well. Uh, you know, they, they all – this block destruct like it's just such a fundamentally sound team across the board or unit across the board it was really impressive but there's a lot of talent there it's not like like when they were putting Aiden in the game and Aaronsberger and and Nana was getting more time and it it wasn't like they were putting a bunch of you know kids that can't really play and some you know some different guys like that like these are guys that in 2017 would have been second stringers and in the rotation easily I mean, it was it was really impressive to see. He's done yeah. such a great job of recruiting and development. When you can put your backups in the game, and they're playing basically just as fundamentally sound for the most part as your starters, who are fourth and fifth year players, you're doing a heck of a job. Yeah, and I I was just really impressed, really impressed by the, the job he's doing. I'm gonna have to disagree with my man Jarrett Grace here, though. Shout out to the mustache coach Elson was rocking and the sailor beanie. I got no problem uh, with the sailor beanie, but the mustache is, is I'm sorry, coach. Uh, I can't do it. I don't know what bet you lost or what yeah. you did, but the stash has got to go. It was go. bad. It was, yeah. it was, um, yeah. I, I shouldn't make the reference I'm thinking in my head, but it yes, was not don't, good. Don't, don't, it's don't, don't. Just, it's not good. Yes. Not good. So I, I really like the job that he's done. I, I liked the athleticism we saw from the front seven as a whole when they put backups in the game. I mean, it was yeah. it was a group that was running around and playing aggressively. The future is so bright on oh, the front yes. seven for Notre Dame. Oh, yes. I mean, it just and if you can have just a dominant front seven, yeah, you know, you don't have to be dominant in the secondary. Mm-hmm. It you, helps, you, you, but yeah, you're help. right. Oh, it, it you're helps. Right. You're absolutely right. But yeah, I mean, and and look, this is coming from a guy who's very confident in what these freshmen 
are going to bring to the table and what mm-hmm. Hart can continue to do. He's not going anywhere after this right. year, right? So I don't, I, I'm still so. confident in the secondary, but man, when that front seven, it makes the secondary's job so much easier. So much easier. Vince, any other takeaways from yesterday's game? Not especially. I Like I said, I, I, I really enjoyed watching it back just from a coach's perspective, from a game plan perspective. Um, I, I just, you know, but they, they figured out, um, and I want to reiterate this when Isaiah Pryor is allowed to do what he does best and, you know, just getting after the quarterback coming off the edge, you know, in the run game, you know, they have done such a tremendous job of getting him involved in the every down defense, um, and just allowing him to be him. And he was buried on the bench under the last defensive regime. He was for this field. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's proven he, you know, he can do it. And, and I love it. 